don't have a, a very translatable way on how I plan the boat. Mm -hmm. I just kind of see it and then I just build it out as I go. I just always try to solve as many problems as possible. And that is, if you're gonna modify a boat, don't add something in that's gonna cause you five more problems. I do this undercast because yep. it just, it just, you don't ever have to worry about, I don't really overhand cast unless I'm trying to get far out there, but then you have all the, you have all these kind of pitching casts in, in, in bass fishing. You need a clearance over the water to get your, to get your rod to do it, or you'll hit the water, you know, with your, your rod. That's the one thing about your, your ability to do it is you can make it specifically for you versus buying it from a manufacturer who has stringent guidelines on manufacturing boats to begin with. But then they're also trying to please the many. They're trying to please the multitude with one design, which right. that's actually part of you're going to be able to do individual things for your boat. You'll see anybody's custom boat with the most obscene layouts. You'll see them with, with hatches that are completely not symmetrical, that don't make any sense to like, they drive people with OCD mad. But if you look at the neck layout, it's actually really perfect. It solves like all problems and they did it that way so it could solve all their problems. As long as you have your bottom end done good, then your top parts can be re re refitted as, as needed. Like, but once you got the framing and the subfloor and the transom in, those things are really hard to replace. Some things are like, you don't want to ever replace them again. Like once they're in, they're in. But then like stuff like the boxes or the cages, I mean, as long as that's kind of bolted on or riveted on, you can take those off. Hey guys, real quick before we get into this episode, I need you to do me a couple of favors. First, go give us a review on iTunes. I can't stress it enough. It's really, really important for me to help keep this free and to help me keep it going. Next, get involved with your hunting rights. Go join Howlful Wildlife. Super simple. Takes a couple minutes. You can even do the free membership. I don't care, but be involved. Lastly, I want you to do yourself a favor and up your shooting game and go get you some Phoenix shooting bags. Use promo code John Stallone to save 20%. That's all I got for you. Let's get into this episode. Hi, welcome to Days in the Wild Big Game Hunting Podcast brought to you by Phoenix Shooting Bags. Today, uh, I'm going to talk to my buddy, Mike Lopez, and Mike is... I don't want to use the word builder. You're more of an artist. He's a, he's an artist and he's a YouTuber that has made his bones and made his business in building out and, well, modifying bass boats for the most part and little ones. His, his channel is called Tiny Boat Nation. I encourage everybody to go check that out on YouTube especially if you are a do-it-yourself type guy or gal. And uh, anyway, Mike, what's going on, man? Yeah, not much, man. Just, you know, preparing for the day. Yeah. You know, just like everybody else. What 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 kind of project you got going now? Oh, right now, I, I was trying to make a, a welding cart, I like an ultimate one that's, that holds four welders because, like, all the welders are starting to jam up my garage. Four welders. Put them. So that was what that was what I've been doing. And yeah. yeah. Other than that, I'm trying to gear up to do a pontoon boat next. Nice. You setting that up for what? For for fishing or just uh, a cruising boat? It's gonna be business up front, party in the back, kind of thing. I haven't really, I haven't really gotten a full layout, but that's the plan. Trying, try, I was gonna call it the mullet. You know, like, 
like the haircut. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to try and make it. I was going to call it that. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, well, do me a favor. Give us a rundown about yourself and kind of give us the whole landscape of what you're doing and what you got going on. All right. Yeah. I don't know. I've been doing this ever since like 2015. I kind of went through with the college, got a master's, did everything. You know, your parents told you to go do, did the sheep life for a while. It's not for me. That, that kind of life. I kind of, yep. you know, you kept pretty easy out there. And, uh, I was just, and then one day I started like posting stuff online and people liked it. And then like, once that happened, I kind of, I kind of lost a lot of interest to really pursue my, my whole day job thing. Like that, that was kind of in terminal decline at that point. And the, the more, so I just kept on, you know, doing things on, on YouTube with one day, like, you know, your business is like, or the, your work you're doing is like, you know, your heart's just not in it. This is supposed to be your future. And then and there's that, that hard conversation of a, you know, it's us or it's us or else nothing. So then you got to be like, well, I'll miss you and then leave. So then, so then one day I left right, right. Actually, when the whole coof happened, that, that Friday mm-hmm. I had quit like mainstream work permanently. And then the next Monday, the kids didn't go back to school. Like everybody, like school was canceled forever. And then, so it kind of just worked out real well. And then we had prolific growth because nobody could leave and everybody just had to watch YouTube. <laughs> yep. So, so it worked out really well whenever I did finally, like, you know, do that. And ever since then, I've just been creating whatever the audience wants or, or trying to make cool things. It's, you know, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, I'd say. Yeah. I, I know I watched some of your older videos to kind of like see the progression. And shit, man, I think you come a freaking long way. Not just in the filming, obviously in the filming department too, but... Yeah, really. Uh, yeah. Filming wasn't so great back then. I mean, everything from your delivery to the to the actual work, which I think is, which is huge, and um, you know, and I, and I'm sure this goes for them, a lot of the people that watch you. It, it's you know, it's inspirational to them to make them want to, you know, do things themselves and and get things done. I mean, and, and honestly, that was my journey. That was what I started out to do uh, before I hijacked you for a few months. Like, my intention was Oren and I were going to build the build the boat out, and uh, I don't know. It was just obviously, you know, it was a freaking <laughs> ginormous undertaking because of what what it was and what I wanted. You know, yeah. Well, I kind of overcomplicated it. Like a lot, so. Well, you, you know, I don't say you overcomplicated it. You made it special, like. Yeah, it's you know, definitely special. You, you, I, I was looking at it at. Well, honestly, you delivered to me what was in my head when I originally envisioned what I wanted. Oh, Just, you wanted that? I did. I wanted something like oh, that. Your head? I want. I, that was in my head, but I didn't think I could achieve that, so I lowered oh. my standards to something different. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. So you know. Because I provided you with photos and stuff like that of what things that I wanted. You did. And, you you got it most of. I mean, you definitely were a big influence in all that. Tell me, you know the the height of the boxes had to be. Actually, you got the exact right height. It was like the perfect height. Yeah. Didn't didn't get in the way. If you needed to step on them, you could. 
Yep. There was like what, maybe one or two things we didn't really foresee that that are pretty easily fixable. Other than that, yeah, your vision your vision of the actual boat and, and your experience doing that really helps guide that a lot because we, you know, we I don't really know anything about that. Yeah, I, and 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 really in the grand scheme of things, it's not like I've been bow fishing forever. I've been bow hunting forever, and you know, in the last six years or so that I've been diving down this road for bow fishing, I. You know, I picked up a few things and I've been on several boats. I went on a lot of guided trips in different states, which kind of gave me a um, a base for what I liked and what I didn't like. Like I knew for sure I didn't want an airboat, you know, especially not here in Arizona. But <laughs> but That's so like I, I, I did airboat yeah. stuff in Florida. I was like, yo, this sucks for boat fishing. You cannot. Yeah, one, of the, one of those rode through the channel on airboat. Uh-huh. It's noxiously loud. It is. Like, I don't know how it doesn't just scare every fish away immediately. But, I mean, you saw a lot of those were airboats. A lot of them were just all airboats. Yeah. Like, a lot. Uh, There's a lot. I, I mean, a lot of those guys run airboats. And, and I would imagine it's because you're just running, you know, running on uh, puddles, you know. But so I guess, prob- yeah, probably. You probably yeah. need that. My, yeah, I think if, you don't, if you don't need that, I would avoid that at all costs. Like the, yeah. Like the it's loud. And it's hard to, it's hard to control. Like, you see fish in a little corner over there. It's hard to maneuver to it. Like I remember having to pass something and kind of make this big wide turn to get back to, you know, <laughs> where, where we wanted to be, where we saw the fish and hope they were still there, you know? So I was like, definitely don't want that. I like yeah, the idea of the, the jet. Also, you probably would probably be the only one out here with an airboat. Like you're just being an anomaly out here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Nobody has an airboat out in Arizona. Yeah. yeah. And, um, uh, you know, I, I did love, like the idea of having a jet, but then I didn't like the I, I didn't like the fact that uh, you know losing as much power, and I was already concerned. You know, here I had this boat, I had a one fifteen Yamaha show uh, or V Max show yeah. on it, and um, you know, it's not a it's not a small engine, but for as big as a boat, I was worried. Uh, luckily, you and I were both wrong on that. <laughs> yep, you're wrong. Yeah, that's purple motor. And, I, 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 and my cousin just—he's like, "Oh man, that thing must be a dog." I go, no. "No, it's not. We can actually probably ski on it. <laughs> it's pretty freaking crazy." You can, yeah, you can definitely 100% ski on that thing. Like, <laughs> it's it's pretty nuts. I I've never been so surprised in my life. You and me, you and me both. I mean, that that was my big angle to kind of make. My boats like as as efficient to the point where they're playing on a low on a low horsepower cap because most of those little boats can only have like a fifteen or a twenty mm. and max twenty five, and then if you overweight the kit inside those little small boats, they don't plane. Right. They really run like a dog, or you stick one person in there, or or an extra cooler and they won't plane. So like I was always real paranoid. I'm always paranoid about the weight. Not super paranoid about yours, because. Uh, I try to frame it as conservatively as I could, but really in a boat that big that goes that fast, you can't, you can't go underneath one eighth for the framing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a liability at that point. Your boat would shake apart. Right. But anything better. So, <clears throat> and then after I framed the boxes, you could physically feel the boat was heavier. And so I, I did start to worry, but, yeah. but it was all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't stand up on that boat and hit the throttle. It's gonna put you on your ass. No, I can't screw out of the seat. 
Because this, this is, yeah, was the last day I was testing your boat, this one crazy guy in, it, in these giant, those gigantic cigarette boats, he was flying right at us. Oh, really? I was like, is he going to hit us? He's going to hit us. And then I floored it, and the kids flew out the seat. Oh, shit. <laughs> to get out of the way. He saw us, but just like right in the nick of time, he was about to. Stop but yeah, and the, we got out of the way, though, so it moves very quickly, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, it gets on plane almost immediately at half throttle. It's already It's already there, and then. By the time you're 75 percent throttle, it's all it's like almost all on the water, and it still doesn't have an it has an abysmal draft because I I droned the outside. I didn't put it in the video, but uh, I I air I circled the boat with a drone, and yeah, it still sits pretty low. Yeah. Like what four inches, six inches maybe. Yeah. It doesn't go past your bottom pod. No, it doesn't. It still stays right out of the water, so it's really yeah, it goes real shallow. Yeah, I think it's just because it's so wide, and it's like. I don't know what the percentage is. I never did it, but it's the percentage of width versus the length of the boat, I think, is what makes that, yeah, makes that happen. Well, I will be looking for one of those holes. I would probably never find one out here. but I actually, we just found one. I was, oh, really? I was, I was going to tell you about it. it was a, it's a freaking smoking deal. What were you going to tell me about that? I found it about it like two no. days ago, but and I was going to call you up and tell you about it. And I forgot about it. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. It's still there because I'll go get it today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll send it to you. No, yeah, it's totally freaking worth it, man. And it's got it's got a lot of stuff on it. It's a great, it's gonna be a great build. It'd be a great great build for you. Anyway, yeah. So what I wanted to talk about is I, there's a lot of guys out there that want to take on a project or want to improve their boat, but of course they're you know, apprehensive about it. And, and, you know, like anybody else who's, you got something that costs a lot of money more than likely, you know, if it's just like a shell of a boat and it costs you like a grand or whatever to buy. Okay. I get it. But you know, if you're starting with something substantial already, it's the, the apprehension of messing with that is, is much higher. I think, um, what, would you suggest like what is your process i know you're you've been doing this now for a while what's your process for the planning stages because obviously we can we can't really get into technique on stuff because that always depends on what you're going to do to it but what's the process of figuring out what you're going to do to the boat like I don't, I don't want to put the words in your mouth, so I'm trying not to completely lead you. Well, so probably like the worst actual person to ask that question to, because like I don't have a, a very translatable way on how I plan the boat. Mm-hmm. I just kind of see it, and then I just build it out as I go. And it's it's a lot different from like say what an engineer does, where they where they plan it all out on on CAD or something, mm-hmm. and then they all about it and then eventually they'll finally do execute the final version after it's been discussed for like i don't know a year right I kind of I'm like the time is now and so i just go in there i just i guess if i could give the audience something it i just always try to solve as many problems as possible and that is if you're going to modify a boat don't add something in that's going to cause you five more problems right like later i mean something as simple as a subfloor in a boat that has no that has no floor. That's that's tremendously useful there. I mean, it if we're gonna go through steps, if you're gonna get a if you're gonna get a aluminum boat like yours, I would always check the transom first. Okay. 
the cows of transom is it imploding is it is it wood or is it all aluminum and if it is wood is it imploding can you see visual signs of corrosion because most most of those wood transoms they they start to go i mean it's wood it is whatever it is it's, it does its organic thing so you can strengthen that you can add you can add aluminum couplers we make those that that'll support the transom if, if it's imploding or you could just replace the transom and then secondly it would go transom then the next more important thing after that is like your subfloor and then uh, after your subfloors and then you can really start to to see what you really want in there i mean so i mean you look at a lot of these bow rigs that are manufactured they only got like one hatch right and I never really got why, but in, whenever my guys out of uh, Illinois tried to manufacture boats, the the Coast Guard had to come down and give us these regulations. And the regulations for every hatch you add, you have to add so much amount of foam, and it mm. starts to really get up the space in the boat. It actually gets really hard to actually do that. So I never, I always thought that it was it was really strange. You would see something like from Pride View or from, you see some of these really nice boats. They really they look really nice. You got the Sea Deck HD custom routed turf. They got these custom wraps or paint jobs. But then you look at the boat and they're very basic and I never really truly got that. But I guess as a manufacturer, it's actually really hard to create something like what we did with your boat. It's almost impossible to get that from like a factory. So there's, so there's, I don't know where I was going with that. Where they going with that? Uh, I was, yeah, so I don't know how many problems those actually solve, put it that way. Like if I was in those boats, I probably would be unhappy with one hatch to hold everything. I don't know about you. Yeah, but, no, I, I like, so I like I, the extra hatches, man. Yeah, when I when I when I saw your boat, I was like, we can definitely solve all the problems. Yeah, we had a bow locker. I had never seen no a bow locker ever, so that was uh, that was interesting to make. And um, you know, you were there for that thing, Kevin, because I would have not made it right. I was gonna add like way more slots, and the bows would not have fit. So we had like yeah, you, you had those four bows. That was perfect. So that bow locker, I think, is probably pretty beneficial. And I thought it was too deep, but once you once you start putting the bows in there, they kind of take up a lot of room. So it was probably right yeah, the right side. Yeah, especially the ones that have the little rod out in front of them, you know. Yeah, that definitely it protruded far. Because I remember the whole person could fit in that locker. And I was like, it's probably too big for all the bows. You're going to have to reach down in there. But no, it seemed pretty, it seemed pretty proportionate. No, I think it's perfect. Yeah, and then, and then I was thinking next, nextly you wanted a rod, you know, the rod locker. But then you needed somewhere to store oblong items. Like most of us don't have a place to store oblong items like spud spud sticks or spud poles, you know, nav lights, long nets, right? Spears. I guess like the flounder guys, they throw those spears, those those like tridents. Oh yeah, the gigging spear. Yeah. So I mean, those things like an, a place for that, and then uh, yeah, I was also thinking know? about actually putting a like a pole in there for when we're working close to shore, you know. No, for sure. If you're yeah, not like be, on, the, if you're not like on the money with your with the uh, with the trolling motor, and you're like, oh shit, I'm gonna come up to this. You want to be able to push off with something? Yeah, that thing was near death a few times. Yeah, like yeah. The, the stow button was right there. It stows immediately. Like it's it's that's a default. So if if you immediately got to get it out of the way, you just press the stow button. Right. But yeah. That, if, I can't see that when the guys are up there shooting, like just how close the you know because the cage, the boxes were too high. But right, they're like we're about to run into rocks. I'm like, oh. Yeah, 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 that's hard. That's hard to. Navigate. It's gonna. It's yeah. definitely gonna take some getting used to. <laughs> I have. I am not. I. My experience with the trolling motor really has always been a tiller. Uh, style. 
Yeah. And, you know, the guy who's up front spotting fish and whatever uses, you know, runs the trolling motor and just takes us where we need to go. And uh, that's always been, and I still think I may have wanted that for bow fishing specifically, but all the cool things that this trolling motor does is definitely better for fishing, fishing, 100%. Yeah, I thought it was all right. I mean, you guys were all, all three, there was all three of you up there at that night doing your thing. Yeah. You know, kind of hanging back videoing you and you guys were able to do what you had to do like I did. Yeah, that's the other thing. It takes the captain out of having to be up front and, and moving in people's way. It definitely does take somebody to captain it though. You definitely have to have somebody on it. But I mean, yeah. on another one or two. The other thing I didn't like about the hand tillers is, is the reverse button. Like when you go to reverse it. Mm-hmm to stop about that big on a hand tiller, just the, the reverse gear is not, or the reverse part of the blade would just, just won't stop you the way this motor, this motor will turn the whole head and flood the other way. So I was oh, just, yeah. I was thinking gotcha. the whole time I was seeing your boat and how big it was going to be. I was like a hand tiller, like even a 36 volt, like riptide hand tiller would still I think you had to struggle a little bit and to, and to, tr- to truly maneuver it out. You're going to kind of stick your head out. I've almost fallen out of boats. I don't know about you, but like, <laughs> you're trying to get a wide angle and then you you crank that thing on speed four or five and it, you about leave the boat yeah because i used to run a hand tiller for my boats like for the, I, had, I had like a flat sail boat mm-hmm. yeah and i gave it up like it was a, it's a little tough but um i i, I think in time you'll love that i think you'll love that trolling motor oh yeah i just gotta get i just gotta get used to it yeah well, you know what? It's better off that you did because <laughs> I wouldn't, well, I wouldn't have been able to concentrate on, on Dominic and, and Richard with the bow fishing or, or fish myself too. You know, it's, it's good that I can kind of like focus on that and not have to focus on trying to drive the boat, which actually brought up some, what I started thinking about us going out with clients, you know, it's going to be the same way, you know, you, you're going to have to be able to divide your time between navigating the boat and making sure everybody's being safe and not pointing arrows at people and, um, you know, all that good stuff. So it's definitely going to take. Yeah, it definitely would be hard to truly navigate that. Like, well, I mean, if you got a pretty straight lane and you just press the nav lock, it'll drive itself in a straight line and it won't deviate from the line, even with wind. Mm-hmm. So as long as you, if, if you're familiar with the stretch and you know you're not going to hit bottom, you probably could effectively guide somebody. And then if somebody needs to stop, you just, you would just press the spot lock. And right. then uh, just have it to where, to where it flips around and stops the boat. And then you just, yeah, I would just press anchor again to free up the boat. Because then it'll try and take you back to the spot. Mm. Stopped it at. So, but if you just want to stop the boat, you just press spot lock and it immediately would stop it and then just un- unlock it once the boat stopped and then they can go and fire away and, and do their thing. Or you could, you could just let it run its full course and it'll, it'll, it'll make you go backwards. Yeah. As far as autopilots, like a, a secondary pilot, it'll do all right. Like when, once you really used to, I just, I think that your, your biggest concern with the motor is probably just whether or not you're going to hit a rock. But if you have somebody up, up front who's smart or who's competent, be like, we're, we're approaching rocks. Yeah. It yeah. Just I, think, I think the key is too with the, with uh, running a trolling motor when that situation is, is going really slow. One, it's better for the bow fishing. Yeah. Uh, I only had it at two, two and a half miles an hour. 
yeah. the whole time. And we had a really good slow troll. It seemed like the perfect speed. Where that that was what it was on the remote. I don't know if the boat was actually going that fast, but we had it at you can click it. You can click it all the way up to ten miles an hour, I think. But yeah, right. had it at two point five, and it showed the boat real slow and and methodical. Yeah, it did all right. Yeah. I- then also how we have it positioned because I was looking at all the other rigs, and a lot of the rigs actually had breakaway like fronts. Uh-huh. Like the motor was was in the middle of the cage. It was on the actual deck and not on the cages like how we did it. So I did it how you would do it on a bass boat, mm-hmm. but I think it's the best way if you're going to run a trolling motor. Otherwise, it just jams your deck up and you trip over it unless it's unless it's deployed. So I think it's fairly out of the way. Yeah, no, I I I like I like it yeah. for sure, hundred percent. Yeah, that, so we were able to incorporate some of that some bass boat stuff into it. Like the the way your deck's laid out for for a max storage layout, that's definitely bass boat like. A hundred percent with all that storage. That's a that's obscene storage right. in that boat. Yeah, which actually brings me back to what I was thinking about on my first question to you before is, and I'm if I, hopefully I'm not talking, I'm not speaking for you, but this is this is the way I look at things when I'm doing things for hunting. Uh, like let's say building an arrow or whatever, I always look at what I want to accomplish with things, and that helps me determine what the outcome is going to be. And so that's what I did with this boat, and I was able to give that to you, and you were able to translate that into the actual design of the boat. You know, I wanted it to be not just bow fishing. I wanted to be able to rotten real fish from it. I also wanted to be able to hang out on the deck and enjoy the space with my family, you know, just cruising, whatever. I also wanted to be able to throw a tube on the back and tow them around and all that other good stuff. So, and I, and I know I, I feel like we accomplished that because. Yeah. I did actually all those three things pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was surprised. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I feel like we got the best of all worlds. It's like a really utilitarian type <laughs> vessel, you know. It's probably not the best bass boat, you know. It's probably no, not the it, best. Well, you know, actually, it's so funny because the the whole thing with like high gunnels not being great for bass boats, which is why they're like a flat deck. Uh-huh. It's a low cast with these flipping casts you have to do. Yeah, but because the boat sat so high out of the water, I didn't have a problem. Yeah, I saw do you it, caught a couple of fish do, on. The, yeah, <laughs> doing the, the low casts. Yeah. I was like, actually, we can cast just fine off this boat, or there's not even really an issue that we have 16 inch, you know, boxes. So I actually thought that was I didn't really even foresee that, but the, I thought the boat fished very well for bass. Um, oh, nice, good. Yeah, I didn't. I just was flipping away. Like, I do this undercast because yep. it just it just you don't ever have to worry about. I don't really overhand cast unless I'm trying to get far out there. But then you have all the you have all these kind of pitching casts in, in, in bass fishing. You need a clearance over the water to get your to get your rod to do it, or you'll hit the water, you know, with your your rod. Uh-huh. And I had enough clearance. I didn't not one inch not not one problem with it. I pissed right into the reeds. I was flipping around. I was long casting. Yeah, and I, and I was just uh, and then I I would say the family enjoyed the boat tremendously. Like they were just able to relax. It was just missing. Some cup holders, I guess, in the front, which we're going to send you here pretty soon. Some to stick right next to those to those uh, day boxes, mm-hmm. and then I think it'll probably be complete there. That was just 
you guys, yeah, my, my wife and the kids were relaxing in those seats up there. They were just kind of lounging. You had the, you had the radio going, she was learning country music. Nice. And, uh, and then she said, the only thing that's missing is a cup holder. <laughs> I was like, well, okay. And then, and then, uh, yeah, they were jumping out the black, the back platform. They were crawling right up those steps. And the you know, the hydro turf's going to do really well back there. I mean, a little bit does get in the water, but it, the hydro turf is made by, is really was used for jet skis. Okay. And you know, which are constantly saturated in water all the right. time. Like that's what the foam is for. Hydro turf specifically was originated for jet skis. And um, you know, they're it's constantly dragging in water in water, like your knees are on it, and so. So it's really, it was really, I, I ran it all the way down to the back platform and they were able to climb right up the stairs and grab the, grab the platform and pull themselves up. Nice to get in and out and all that stuff. I'm trying to, trying to figure out how we can kind of put in words what it means to kind of get into something. Cause I, I, oh, okay. I, I want guys, I want guys to, um, to try to get into the, uh, whole building there. You know, if, if they got the desire to, that is obviously, you know, to get into building their own, uh, their own boats and whatnot. So, and I really, well, I'm trying to figure out how I want, how I want to put that. Like, it's very hard for me to like get into words. I want to ask you questions, but all the things I want to ask you are very specific about, uh, you know, boat building. And I don't want to talk just about my boat. Um, but yeah. So, well, I was, yeah, well, we sell a lot of parts and framing that, well, if you're going to do it out of a aluminum boat, it has to be aluminum on aluminum. Right. And then, um, I mean, what what is the smallest rig you would use for something like this for bow fishing? Yeah, is a sixteen forty eight. Oh, I got a buddy. I got a buddy of mine that's got a twelve footer. In a twelve foot foot bow fishing boat too. Somebody's using it for uh, gar. Yeah, he said he worked that pretty well. I guess it's it's whatever's in your budget. Yeah, exactly. And, and in your ability, it's just understanding you know certain things. Just make sure your transom's good, and then after your transom build a subfloor and then after your subfloor is there you can build on top of it mm-hmm. i mean you could even probably make those boxes out of wood i don't know how well that would go like longevity wise but if you had to have something for a box and like what what do you think the boxes were versus the gate the gate style platform you had before kind of like the fence yeah like a fence going on before we cut them up into boxes what, right so so there's that too my initial vision was the boxes, but I thought it was going to add too much weight and be too much extra crap. So, and Oren had the fence style. Yeah. And I, saw I did like the fence because it was a little higher and you can lean your leg up against it and kind of bend over the boat. Like, and you felt really secure, but it did limit you if you were a smaller person, child, whatever. Like my son had a little bit of harder time shooting off Oren's boat because he wasn't, you know, tall enough really to get all the angles over that. That's the one thing I did like about the fence. And then the lights actually sit up a little bit higher and there were maybe just a little bit more adjustment to them. But the box one gives you what you can stand up on it. You can sit on it. You don't get the back glare which I think is the biggest thing. You don't get the back layer of yeah, floodlights. I think that's probably pretty important because those lights were legit. Oh, those lights are sick. They probably would have destroyed our, our, our vision, like blurring out the water. Oh yeah. yeah. That was I'm very, so then, very you know, impressed we'll, with those we'll lights. lights. We'll talk about the lights here pretty soon. 
But then, like, also just hatches. What do you want to make? And, I mean, we have anything from kits that will... You can make your own hatch any size you want. Mm-hmm. Like, we have kits for that. You can just build your own your own hatch up. And then we also we have the, the, the pre-made, like, dropping hatches, like what we did with your boat, where we had... There's quite a few of those in your boat. Right. And then, uh, uh, how, I mean, how advanced or how simple do you want? Because I think a simple boat can actually be done... Like, if you would have just stuck to your layout and not added a bunch of extra stuff in it, we probably could have got your boat done pretty quickly. So, I mean, how how simple... Do, like, what? how advanced does it really have to be? I guess, put it that way. Because I think most, pe- yeah. most people are pretty happy with just a few hatches... And uh, again, it goes and, back to what you want to what you want to achieve with it. It's so funny because when I when I first brought the boat back and and Shane looked at me and he's like, "And you really thought of everything, right?" I'm like, "Well, I wanted it to do everything, <laughs> you know. Like, I'm not spending this much amount of money on a boat just so it's going to be very just specialized for one thing because I don't yeah. just do one thing, right?" So, yeah, I would try to not compete against anybody else's boat when you're going to do your own boat. That's like that's the one thing about your your ability to do it is you can make it specifically for you versus buying it from a manufacturer who has stringent guidelines on manufacturing boats to begin with. But then they're also trying to please the many. They're trying to please the multitude with one design, which right. that's actually hard to do. Yeah. So you're 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 going to be able to do individual things for your boat. And you'll you'll see anybody's custom boat with the most obscene layouts you'll see them with with hatches that are completely not symmetrical that don't make any sense to like they drive people with ocd mad but if you look at the next layout is actually really perfect it solves like all problems and they did it that way so it could solve all their problems right right some, some people only need like one hatch they're like i just need one hatch throw a few things in there you know you got these fear 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 this guy with the one rod yeah like if you see one guy go on a turn with one rod that guy's a scary person yeah so like, some only need one hatch. So I mean, just don't overdo it if you don't need to overdo it. Like I'm a tackle junkie, and like yeah, I, yeah, I, me too. I get kind of I'm not really. No, I have to have everything. Um, but some people are some people are just better than me and don't need all the things. So I mean, there's there's that. If I was gonna do a budget version of your boat, I would have gotten those Braun lights from Harbor Freight that are waterproof. Uh huh. Like. Those floodlights like yours, but I mean, obviously not like yours, but they're kind of the same idea. Yep. I would have gotten like 10 of those or eight of those and stuck those in a box <laughs> or stuck those in a cage. And I think that, I think the welded cage fence, I think that was pretty smart. I mean, minus the back glare would have been hor- horrific on those lights. But I think for lights that aren't so terribly intense, mm-hmm. I think those brown lights from Harbor Freight are probably better than, than, than a light bar. Makes sense. Yeah. I was, I was, because that's what I used to work on your boat, and I, I thought that light was bright, and until I saw your lights and they flooded the whole street. But like, but I thought that brown light was pretty bright for just like one little one little cube. And yeah, so yeah, I could, and then yeah, it just if it solves all your problems, then you're good. And you can always modify on it too. You can always do things. You can have like a now design to get you on the water, and then. As yeah, as you, you progress, as you get money problems. or whatever. Exactly, money is a big, a big thing. Yeah. Figure, so like, fi- figure things pull. out. Yeah. As long as you have your bottom end done good, then your your top your top parts can be re- re- refitted as it as needed. Like, 
But once you got the framing and the subfloor and the transom in, those things are really hard to replace. Some things are like you don't want to ever replace them again. Like once they're in, they're in. But then like stuff like the boxes or the cages, I mean, as long as that's kind of bolted on or riveted on, you could take those off, remodify them or there's something. Yeah, there's a lot. There's things you could do. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm going to make a budget version. Of, of a boat fishing boat, I have decided because I have this this old almost tri hole looking sixteen foot boat back there, and okay. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> I'm gonna try and do a simpler version of what yours is. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you know how to do simple, man. Huh? I don't. I don't think you know how to do simple. I just saw the kayak or the the the, the little twelve uh, foot kayak boat, whatever thing that you built. That thing was nowhere near simple. No, I'm gonna. I'm only gonna do simple things. Yeah. Uh, like, well, I'm gonna try to do simple because people people don't actually. I don't think people really like the complicated stuff. They like to look at it, but they don't like to do it. Right. I mean, yeah. I don't try to. I don't really want my channel to be a "ooh, look at me" channel. True. Um, true. True. Because there, there is a point where you become unrelatable. The, right. the farther you go up, so I. I do want to make. I do. We do want to make simple kids. I think that really, actually. A bigger part if you want to play it in us is if you want to design kits you think would be simple or help us because your, your vision on this boat was pretty good so if you wanted to kind of lead lead the way on on bow fishing drop-in parts yeah. i would like we would, we would really like to make a line of bow fishing drop-in parts like you can think about it but obviously not to put you on the spot no no not not at all i i, I actually have <laughs> thought about I, it um yeah, before I, I have i forgot to ask you about 12 times in a row about that uh i just right, right now i was thinking about it uh, I think you'd probably be the perfect person to do it. Yeah, um, I'd be happy to help you. All this, I don't think I don't think any other rig really beats your boat. I've been looking at them. A lot of them look really nice, but that's because they got a wrap and they got, you know, HDC deck. But aside from the exterior, that the layout, none of them beat it. I think that so your vision on it, I think, would be very beneficial to the to the masses because it, it is about vision in the end. Right. Right. Yeah, and I know there was a couple of things that we talked about too that because I've I designed a bow fishing target and I think what's the status on that? Uh, I mean it's it's all done. It's it's been proofed and done. I just don't you know as far as manufacturing it, I haven't. Uh, oh okay. I haven't figured that part out. You know, having it manufactured, but uh, you know, why is your meeting about possibly the best way to do that? Because that was it was a good idea. I mean, that's when I. I mean, I didn't hit your target. Yeah. Like, well, you only but, got one try. <laughs> well, that, yeah. no. the, that 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 one time that you tried, you uh, accidentally derailed the bow. So. Yeah, that was real bad. Well, I'll get another try. I'm, I'm gonna go buy one of those. I'm gonna I'm gonna eventually get a bow like yours and and have it out there. I, f I figured Dominic would already had you out there with one. Yeah. Well, well we're gonna pretty, try. Pretty hate up with it. Yeah, I'm going to try and rig this pontoon boat with bow fishing lights in the front. You know, pontoon like, boats, actually, I was going to talk to you about that when you said you were going to make a pontoon boat, but I'm sure people don't want to see you building another uh, bow fishing boat right away. But pontoon boats are actually pretty excellent bow fishing boats. For one, they sit above the water quite high, which is good because yes. you don't have to put a... Uh, you don't have to build a platform that's up higher. That's number one. Number two, you know, they're great for shore work because if you, you know, you hit a rock with a pontoon or whatever, the chances of you, 
really doing some serious damage. It was slim to none. There's a lot of deck space. They could hold a shit ton of weight. Yeah. You know, I think all originally that's what I was going to build it off of. I was going to build it off a pontoon. No, I think that that's kind of part of the plan. I I can't not have bow fishing lights now that I've seen what what they are. Because they're even great for fishing, right? I mean, I have to have some. Yes, they're they're brilliant. Yeah. Like you, you could be in pitch black, like the sun could disappear and you'd be fine. So one of the things you didn't see is that, um, you know, that, uh, the drop in light that I have, the, the pole that you built the bracket for. Yeah. Okay. So I have that light, but I have another light that's just green, which is, you know, you put a green light underwater and here come the stripers, <laughs> here come the crappie, you know? Yeah. They attract, no, that's- it attracts them. It's great for fishing. So, no, yeah, yeah. So I'd make another, yeah. So more things, I guess we would add. I got like three things to add here, but we talk about it a little bit later. But definitely another bracket on the other side, so you can have two lights in. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. The the green light thing, I didn't, I didn't really think most people just drop a, a corded light down to do that. But right, yeah, if you could have your light, you can actually move the boat and troll with it, so it doesn't flop around everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And and you could control the depth easy, you know. Well. I got to make that rod a little bit longer now because it's because of the way we uh, attach or way you attach the uh, the bracket. It sits up higher, but you know it, it's just a galvanized piece of conduit, really, that makes the makes the actual pole that holds the light. So it's I don't know. I think it's effective and works really good. No, it does. It does. It's. I mean, it worked even there. I mean, the water was too cloudy to, yeah. to one light, but it was, it was, I would like to eventually make drop-in stuff like how we have for bass boats, mm-hmm. but like for obviously for boat fishing specifically, like the stuff that just makes people's life easier because our customer base just wants it to be easy. Like they be, don't, I'd be curious them, to see them if you could do a complicated build. Some of them will, some of these people, they, they just want to take on a challenge and they're right. They, got, they have, have super high intellect to, to pull it off. They're all about making the yak killer. Yeah. Or the, but most people don't want to do it. They're uh, they don't want anything. Our best seller is like, a, this, it's called a weekend warrior kit. Uh-huh. And it's just, a, it's, it's a basic front deck and a back deck and a subfloor. And that's what most people need to fish for bass. Right. Right. And then we, you can get all advanced with broad lockers and advanced storage and live wells and all that stuff. But most people just want simplicity and like, you know, they don't want to right. fish out of the big John boat. Exactly. So I, I definitely would like to make a weekend warrior kit, but, but for bow fishing. I want to, so I want to point something out because we keep making references about stuff that you guys sell. So Mike also owns a store, tiny boat nation. Like you can actually go and buy the parts to build your boats all these all these specialized things that we're talking about but this might actually be something cool for a drop-in style or plug-and-play style is to actually do like light pods where like you'd have the box and one light i like it and be able to you know modular type deal where you can make them so that they connect to each other and with the you know, something I'm not really quite sure. I got some ideas in my head right now, but I don't know how to put them into words. Um, no, we were, we were thinking about that too. 
sometimes it's cheaper to make a long spread, uh-huh. but then we can have individual ones. Yeah, I was thinking after we made yours, I mean, yours turned out really well, but that could have been done much more simply for, for our basic design versus what we had to do for yours. But I, I mean, yeah, just that by itself, because we have stuff that you can already frame the boat and already put your hatches in and already wire it all up, and but nothing for boxes. But I think the boxes are really nice to have. They were, I, I'm 100% happy that we did that. I mean, it's so much, so much better. <clears throat> I mean, aesthetic, yeah, the, aesthetically and functionally. Uh, yeah, aesthetically, when we flooded the light, when we flooded the boxes with LEDs, that was that was key. Yeah, it turned into something else. So that was our that was our, that was a pretty good vision that we shared there. It was pretty yeah, nice. Those flashlights look pretty sick. We attracted everybody out there. Everybody was looking right at you. Yeah, and some people were upset. But well, I don't want to keep beating it beating a dead horse here not necessarily being a dead horse but i want to keep talking about my boat long and short of it guys that are listening you guys want to get involved in you know tinkering with your boats kind of uh improving stuff on your boat or you don't have a boat and you want to get into bass fishing or bow fishing or whatever the case may be you don't have to go buy these 50 60 70 thousand dollar bass boats you can no. go buy a you know a fifteen hundred dollar fourteen foot aluminum boat and deck it out pretty nice. If you go to my if you go to Mike's uh, YouTube channel, you will see like boats that you're like shit, man. I'd pay forty grand for that boat, and you know I don't know what what Mike has into it, but I know what I put into this boat versus what I think it's worth. You know, it's quite you could do quite a bit. You can do quite a bit on your own. It's all about. Yeah, we, we also have a customer service line to help you out if you need if you need help with vision or planning or instructional. We have tutorials on how to build stuff up. We definitely don't want your your boat to be the. Last. We want to definitely do something more with it. It's definitely it's very fun. I've never actually been privy to it until you. Boat fishing is a red. It really is. Yeah, is a very. What, what what did Rich say? He said, "I don't think I ever want to go rod and reel fishing ever again." <laughs> He's been- yeah, well, my my son gets bored traditionally fishing very quickly if, if he doesn't hook onto a fish, and he stayed engaged the whole time. That was what, we were out there four hours. Yeah, he yeah. didn't put that boat down once. He was he was. It's pretty, it's pretty hard to get bored bow fishing. I mean, even even when conditions aren't great. Yeah you're still actively looking all the time and just like you're on the hunt and that's that's what we need as human beings to to stay engaged like you don't realize how hardwired that is into the human psyche until you actually go and do it and you're like oh shit man i was like fuck, i was in this <laughs> you know i was i was i was using my my forward facing eyes <laughs> you know i was really nice something in you that 100 something that's that's not easily found in in, in like mainstream society it's, yeah there's nothing like it so yeah. it's definitely a part that you should explore yeah, yeah. They, they both both richard and, and my son were all about it so we definitely want to dive in and and do more with it and uh, and then real quickly about those lights i mean like i just i just i just noticed whenever i was editing the footage what they actually were because they were obviously really bright but then i just seen that 
you know, mo- most of the boat fishing rigs that I, I screenshotted in the, the video, they had like one or two cubes, you know, LED cubes in there. What are we, max two? And then yours has 10 per line. Right. Ten little, ten little LED, and they're and they're advanced LED cubes. They're not just basic, like orange cubes. They're they got like ten things inside each cube. So you got like a hundred, got like a hundred individual LED outputs. I was I was wondering, made yeah, they're they're nuts. So you have the equivalent, I think, of thirty lights or something. Maybe Pro- it's more. Probably. Yeah, I don't. I think puts out a lot of energy. That's pretty nuts, though. Yeah. Your boat. Also, be ready if you build a boat. They drain energy. Yeah, they do. Get a generator. Like, also, your, your generator, that was pretty expensive too, right? Because I actually was going to look looking for a clone of yours in Harbor Freight, and their their only clone that they had that equaled the Generac was a, a $3,000 one. So you have a quiet one then, right? Yeah. my. You know what? Though? I don't think – I think I paid 1200 bucks for one. You like, okay, well, the one at Harbor Freight is three grand. Like, yeah, I that, saw the one at Harbor Freight, and uh, that's the one I think Orin runs. That the Predator one you're talking about? Yeah, that. Well, there, well, there's the regular Predator one that's not three grand. It's like six, seven hundred bucks, okay. but it's loud. It's an actual generator. Yeah. Like it's loud. But then there was yours. Yours made no sound at all. Yeah, so almost. It, you really couldn't tell that it was on. I bought really mine the- from Electric yeah. Generators Direct, and I paid. Maybe you guys. You got to send that link. Because I I don't want to pay three grand for the Harbor Freight generator. Yeah, I think I paid twelve hundred bucks for it. I can't. I don't know. It's for some reason, the price is cut off on the bottom of this printout. But I was just pulling it out of my my folder over here. Yeah, no, it's definitely definitely worth the money. Without a doubt, the Generac and the Honda were the two top rated ones that I looked at, and oh. um, the Generac was quite a bit cheaper. Than the Honda, I think the thing ran like a gem. Started right up, first pull, had no problems, no yeah. no break-in period problems, nothing. It was just yeah, well, electric started. start on. It's great too. It's like, yeah, it's, yeah, that was pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. Then we also had to run a a ten gauge cable to run all those lights. That's I don't know. If, I didn't I didn't well document that either. But we had to run for all those lights. We had to run. We had to get a ten gauge cable, and then special cut it it was a 50 foot cable and we had to cut it down so it actually was like 30 foot i think by the time we got it snaked through and ran all the way up to the platform it was yeah we didn't cover too much of the specifics i'm gonna i'm gonna release another video about specifics about some of those things yeah a lot of guys were asking i i I saw that in some of the comments that if they were gonna if you're gonna put out little mini versions of of like the actual builds Um, yeah i'm gonna get to it i i just wanted to uh get it out get the major one out of the way because i don't really know how much time i'll have to do the whole thing but mm-hmm. no i i'm gonna make more simpler videos I, I recorded enough for it oh yeah <laughs> for sure well cool all right mike well i appreciate you coming on man and uh i'm sure uh we'll get out and we'll do some bow fishing together i when i run up to havasu with the family at, at some point here so maybe we'll take Take the boat out and go uh, do a little bow fishing. Get Dominic out back out there, and uh, we'll have some fun. Well, yeah, he would, he would definitely have some fun. Yeah, come before June. Just yeah. it gets real. Hot. I bet he so, does. <laughs> I mean, it's like 
I mean, you well, it doesn't get. I mean, Phoenix gets hot too. So I mean, but it's 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 comparable, but but it's uh, it definitely past June. It's miserable. So yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, like, I mean, like, fortunately, but unfortunately, I'm gonna be yeah. I'm going to be uh, tied up in June a little bit, but um, well, the first week of June. So maybe we'll, maybe we can no. get out there before that. So. Yeah, we'll make you probably the only thing I would have added to your boat in closing would have been a detachable platform for the front because you really don't want a permanent one. No, because then then you can't really enjoy it recreationally. But definitely something that will attach right to the boxes mm-hmm. that you can take on and off for you know for guide trips. And then um, we'll we'll do something with your front navigation lights. That's we'll make a spread for it. And then I think that's about it, right? Those two things. Yeah. I think probably actually perfect after that. Yeah. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm really happy with it. Yeah. I mean, you can always get up higher when you're bow fishing always helps, but I knew that getting up higher makes, makes trouble. <laughs> you know, is that stuff, what you were saying earlier? Like, oh, when they fall off. Yeah. Well, you know, you're, you're up, you're up higher. Now you have a hard time seeing over the bow when you're driving. Yeah, that was hard. It 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 makes some instability, you know, with the boat. There's 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 other things too, but of course there's the extra added weight. And uh, we were we were worried about that. I'm not obviously not anymore, but yeah, no, yeah, how stable it was. I think I mean it's as far I mean as far as it goes I I know a pontoon boat probably does really good for what you were talking about but yep. a pontoon boat definitely will not go fifty miles an hour no and no. and and do well in the waves at all like we'll see a whopping I think I think when I'm done with mine we'll see a whopping fifteen or twenty yeah. be it's now it won't go any fast right right <laughs> all right John all I'm, right I'm, buddy I'm, we'll we'll talk to you early. soon thanks catch, for coming catch. on hey guys thanks for checking out the show really appreciate you keep those reviews and those comments coming helps us keep this free do me a favor go check out phoenix shooting bags use promo code john stallone to save 20 percent, all one word and check out how for wildlife thank you very much and we'll catch you on the next show